Thanks for joining us and welcome to Activate Your Health. I'm Josh. And I'm Kayla. And we are back again to discuss all things health here in Allen County. From the fun to the serious, we're going to discuss health-related issues that affect the people that live, learn, work, worship, and play in our county. So once again, thanks for joining us on what is hopefully a beautiful sunny day here in Allen County. We have a fun and insightful episode planned for today. First, we'll be discussing how to keep your little ones safe while trick-or-treating upcoming later this month. We'll also have in studio today, Crystal Keller, the executive director of Crossroads Crisis Center, along with her, Michelle Glasgow, the executive assistant of Crossroads Crisis Center. And they'll be discussing their work at the center and also Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which is running through October. And finally, as we always do, we will wrap up with our upcoming events for the region. Yeah, but for segment number one, let's talk about one of my favorite holidays, Halloween. It's yes, coming Josh, up you here. love Halloween. Oh, I do. It's a great time to dress up, scare little kids <laughs> and adults alike, and really um, cut loose <laughs> a little bit. It's so much fun to dress up, go trick-or-treating, decorate the house, watch spooky or just your favorite Halloween movies and play some of those Halloween games like bobbing for apples. But it also can be a holiday that really raises the potential for injury. Kids are out trick-or-treating at night in costume, poor visibility, but we have some safety tips and considerations to help keep you and your family safe this Halloween. Let's get started with a few tips, Kayla. Yes, definitely. So let's start with tip number one, choosing safe Halloween costumes. So as you look at costumes, as your child is discussing what they want to be, please make sure that your costume fits. If it's too big or too small, it can make it hard to walk and move around safely. Any masks or wigs or hats that you have, please make sure they don't block your child's vision so they can see clearly what's behind them and what's in front of them. Instead of a mask, you might wanna consider using face paint. A lot easier to see, although harder to get off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, As a parent, you're always thinking about that, but it is a lot safer. And then making sure that any accessories like swords and wands are always safe and carried safely. are challenging for kids to walk and hold their candy bags while they're also carrying swords and wands that might become a tripping hazard or even worse. (laughs) Absolutely. And another tip would be to practice the safe trick-or-treating by being visible, right? Children are twice as likely to be hit by a car on Halloween than any other day of the year. And the walking around in the dark really doesn't have any upsides to it for a youngster. So when they're carrying those swords or wands, maybe they can be something that lights up and be very visible. So that's one great safety tip. Another one is when kids are out trick-or-treating, grown-ups should really travel along with them. If kids are older, if they're teens or or about to turn 12 or 11, they can probably go alone. However, it's really important for those younger kids to have an adult with them. And the older kids might want to bring a cell phone with them just in case anything happens. They also sell some reflective tape, so visibility is important. If you're not having your kids outfitted with a light, which I think is very important. You can give them a flashlight, a glow stick or something like that. But if not, make sure you're putting some reflective tape on their goodie bags on certain areas so that if a car does come in contact with them, the lights shine on them, they're gonna be highly visible. Another tip would be to only go to well-lit houses. If a house doesn't have the front porch light on and doesn't look very inviting, chances are they're not gonna be passing out any treats anyway. Another super important tip to keep kids safe is to stay on the sidewalk and cross the street carefully and or at crosswalks only if possible. And then lastly, if you're driving on Halloween, make sure you're going very slow and watch out for those kids darting in and out of cars because they may not follow all these safety rules. Mom and dad might have them well lit up. They might drop their sword and still decide to run. So 
If you're driving a car that night, make sure you're keeping your eye out for those little ones darting in and out of traffic. Yes, and tip number three, safe trick-or-treat eating. So everyone obviously loves their Halloween candy. Many kids are eating it as they're walking as quickly as they collect it from the houses. They are eating it, but try to encourage them to wait until they get home to eat the majority of their candy so that way you can inspect each piece and get rid of anything that has a torn wrapper or doesn't look quite right. If your child has food allergies, it's especially important to read all the labels, uh, realizing that the fun size candy bars may have a different ingredients than regular size, and then looking at getting rid of those home-baked goodies that people like to pass out, just because of course you do not know exactly what's in those items if they are homemade. We always wanna talk about some health tips as well, even on Halloween, looking at rationing your candy. So again, as kids love to eat as much as they can that night, keeping some out of reach, putting some in the freezer to save for a later time so you're not tempted all the time with the candy just being out in your home or giving it to other people, coworkers taking it to work, looking for exchanges in your community. So you can kind of ration how much is being eaten so that way you can still enjoy that Halloween candy throughout the rest of the year and sometimes (laughs) into the following year, depending on how much you have. (laughs) Yeah, and I know a lot of parents like to ration some off and eat too, you know, which, you know, it's good for your child's health, but not necessarily good for your health. So moderation is always key. And a lot of us choose to not go and trick or treat, but we're actually passing out candy. So our next tip is to keep your house safe when you're passing out candy. Number one thing that you can do is get rid of any trip hazards that you might have in front of your house. Make sure your sidewalks are swept off, your steps are cleared, and that there's no trip hazards that might hurt our little ones when they're coming up to your house. Also, make sure that the path is well lit. Nothing worse than having a a dark path to your house to get your candy. And if you have pets that maybe like to jump, chase, bark, you might want to just keep them out of sight and in an area that doesn't stress out your dog too. If a bunch of people are coming into your house throughout the evening, you might just want to put them back in an area where they're not realizing that and they're not stressed out about all the visitors that you're having as well. And last but not least, we're encouraging you to get out and walk. Not crazy for us to say, you hear it from us a lot in terms of health benefits, but walking door to door while trick-or-treating is really important. Parents, great to be a good role model for your children, walking with them, keeping them safe, but also showing them that it's good to walk, it's fun to walk. It may be easier to drive around, but really, It's also more cars on the road, which we really don't want during trick-or-treat time. So it's really better to walk. It's easier to be on the sidewalks. It's easier to be safe. And again, just being a good example and having that sense of community as well, because you're always going to find people out and about that you know. So it's a great time to be out in your neighborhood, enjoy some fresh air. Fingers crossed it is not snowing and it is not raining because as a mom, I would appreciate all those things. So we were excited to be out this year. But yeah, be an example and walk. We just want to make sure that everyone's getting out there, experience and enjoy Halloween, but stay as safe as possible. If you follow those tips, you'll be well on your way. All right. It is time to welcome today's guest in studio. We have Crystal Keller, the executive director of Crossroads Crisis Center. And also with her today is Michelle Glasgow, the executive assistant of Crossroads Crisis Center. Thank you, ladies, for joining us today. Yeah, welcome. Happy to be here. Well, we're pleased to have you in studio. We want to get started by just asking you a little bit about what Crossroads Crisis Center is. For those that are listening that have no idea what you do, what kind of services you offer to the community, give us a a breakdown of your organization and what services you bring to the community. So Crossroads Crisis Center is Allen County's domestic violence agency. We have been here for 42 years serving the community 
Some of our services, we have some programming. We have residential program where we have an emergency confidential shelter where survivors can come and stay with their children. We have a court advocacy program where we actually have a donated space at municipal court so that we can be there for survivors who are seeking services through the justice system. We have mobile advocacy. So what that would be is that maybe a survivor doesn't need shelter and they don't need court services, but just kind of needs some guidance, kind of needs some domestic violence education. Maybe they need assistance with housing or financial assistance or things like that. We have a support group that meets weekly called Finding Purpose, and then we have our 24-7 crisis hotline, and last year we introduced our 24-7 text and chat services. Wow. I mean, I didn't know that myself, all those different opportunities and services that you guys do provide. So this month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, Uh, so part of you all being here with us today is helping to promote those activities. So can you share with us a few of those things that are happening during this month and how people can get involved with those activities? Yes. So October is nationally recognized as Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So we really want to bring the community together. We really want to encourage community members to come to these events that I'm going to list. So if they have any questions, you know, after this about the events, they can always give us a call. But our first event is that we have our annual kickoff. It's always at the Lima Public Library. Starts at five o'clock. What that is, is we read the proclamation and talk about how this month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We wanna remember the victims that we've lost in Allen County. So we do have signs that will have their names on them. We invite family members, community members to come and help us carry those signs on a walk that we do and really kick off the month. The next event that is on the calendar is our 27th annual candlelight vigil, which will be on the 13th at 7 p.m. at Trinity United Methodist Church. If anybody has ever seen our silhouette display, which is our silent witness initiative, the silhouettes will be there. They represent those we have lost. Again, we wanna invite family and community members to come and light a candle. I'm really excited about this vigil. So this vigil, we have a survivor speaker that wants to really talk about what she has been through to empower others. And then we have someone from the Allen County Board of DD, and we want to recognize that domestic violence doesn't discriminate and it happens to all populations and to really anyone. So they'll highlight that and then we do read the stories of the people we lost. And that'll be at 7 p.m. at Trinity. The 18th, we will have our 23rd annual tree planting ceremony. We usually pick a place that really we've done a lot of referrals throughout the year. There's been some kind of partnership or some kind of connection. We know that substance use and mental health and trauma is something very prevalent. So we are planting a tree at the We Care Crisis Center, which is Coleman Health Professional Services at noon on the 18th. The tree is planted and then we have a plaque made that goes in front of it. The tree represents the memory of those we've lost, celebrates those who are survivors, and then recognizes those who work to end domestic violence. So the next event is Make a Difference Day on October 22nd. We will be at local chiefs and community market in Bluffton from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m collecting items for our shelter, many items you use in your own home, cleaning supplies, non-perishable food items, and things like that. And then lastly, on the 28th of October, we have a Pause for Cause event at the Lima Mall. That really highlights 
the abuse towards pets in an abusive relationship. We do want to try to gain foster parents for our survivors that come into shelter. So we'll have applications there. And that event is Crime Victim Services and Crossroads together as a partnership. Sounds like you have a lot of great events and programs scheduled for October and really something for everyone to be a part of. So I'm going to kind of switch gears here. And you mentioned different programs for pets, for seniors, for different populations, uh, Board of DD. Can you tell me a little bit about how the clients that you serve connect with your services and how, I guess, you're engaging the community to make sure that they're aware of your services? Other than, obviously, we have this month. It's a great month, a lot of events. But the rest of the year, how are people finding out about your services? How are you getting referrals? Tell us a little bit more about that process. You can imagine in our field, that's a little tricky. We don't have a sign in our yard. There's certain things that we don't want to talk about publicly. For your first question, we serve men, women survivors, and their children of domestic violence. Domestic violence does not discriminate, so our clientele, so regardless of race, age, gender, socioeconomic status, sexual identity, anyone can become a victim of domestic violence. We know that hospitals refer to us, we're in the courts, the courts refer to us. We have a great process with Lima Police Department and Allen County Sheriff's Department. So when they go to a domestic, they call our shelter 24-7 and let us know that they responded to a domestic. If there was an arrest made, making sure it's safe for the survivor, we do call. We call and reiterate next steps, let them know that they don't have to do any of the process alone. So we do do that. Our text and chat has been helpful for those who maybe want to remain anonymous until they're ready to reach out. So that has been a great kind of referral source. But we don't take actual referrals from different departments and agencies. So thinking about a survivor's choice to reach Mm -hmm. out and to leave an abusive relationship must be their choice and Mm -hmm. their choice alone. So we do need to speak with them and safety plan with them and, and things like that. So they can call the center, anyone that might be facing an issue at any time can call, like you said, regardless of their socioeconomic place, demographics, If you have an issue, if you feel like you've been a victim, please call Crossroads Crisis Center. And what's the phone number for folks that want to get a hold of you guys? It's 419-228-HELP. And that is the same number that they can use to text us at. And then they can chat with us through our website at crossroadscrisiscenter.com. But yeah, they don't have to reveal who they are. If they just want to really kind of get some questions answered, talk about some things. And some people really don't even understand how serious the situation that they're in. So just to really talk that out with an advocate can be really supportive. Yes, definitely. And you mentioned a lot of community partners in terms of law enforcement and the courts and those who you are working closely with, which is, I think, really great for those connections to happen for those who need to know that you're available, do know and can hopefully connect folks who need that help. Can you talk a little bit about what happens and why it's important for us to be advocates for the Crossroads Crisis Center and also what happens when we don't support victims and their families and how those situations can continue to spiral if we're not available and we're not helping people find those services and connections? Yeah, so that's really important. And to support them in a specific way is really important as well. So if we don't support survivors of domestic violence, the cycle just continues. When you're in these situations, you've lost hopelessness. 
like you've lost hope, you, you're exhausted, it's emotionally draining. There's usually several other things going on. Support is a must and it has to come from a good place of support. So just thinking about one thing, the first thing we always wanna do is listen and believe without judgment. Hmm. We are not in that specific situation, even if we've been in a situation like that in the past, it's never exactly the same. So believing without judgment, don't ask victim blaming questions. We still hear that today. What that does is it makes them pull back from support. They've been told all along, no one will believe you. There's no help for you. You're the problem. So that kind of reiterates that. We want to really just eliminate the victim blaming and, and really just listen without judgment. Yeah, sounds really important. I just have a question from a data perspective. Are we seeing a trend downward in domestic violence? Is it trickling up? Because I've heard that the pandemic wasn't good for our domestic violence numbers, a lot of isolation, more substance use you know, on the uptick and uh, an increase in domestic violence. Can you give us a snapshot of kind of what the numbers are we're seeing here locally and uh, statewide and nationally? Are, are we seeing a movement in the right direction or, or where are we at? So that's really hard to answer. A movement in the right direction with an influx in numbers could mean that our outreach is getting better and people are actually reporting and seeking for help. Doesn't necessarily mean that domestic violence is on the rise. Now, the pandemic in the last two years definitely added some barriers and some things that survivors had to learn how to maneuver and our services mm -hmm. had to learn how to maneuver as well. We definitely seen an increase in homicides in Allen County, particularly in family violence that happened here. So we've seen that. We did have some numbers, crisis hotline numbers rise, but typically our numbers stayed just about the same. Now we learned about intensity of violence um, intensified. There was some things that we learned from that. And then now we are seeing for the survivors that we serve, we are seeing an increase in substance use. We are seeing mental health, lots of trauma, things like that. That's a little bit more of increase since the last few years. Okay. Yep. And I'm sure that we haven't even seen all of the effects of the pandemic and how that will continue to modify how we have to approach in terms of mental health being a strong component and how we need to make sure that we are aware of our community and how the resources really do need to be out there, need to be present, and we need to be aware of those as community liaisons. And we want to make sure that we're telling people all that we know. And I think that's really a kind of a great segue to end how we can look to the community and how we can ask the community to support your work, especially during the month of October. There is a calendar. I'm sure it's on your website. We'll share it as well, but it's called 31 Ways in 31 Days. And you've shared the events on that calendar, but there's also some great little resources and some tips, Purple Thursdays, educating yourselves on the myths and facts of domestic violence, going to different restaurants. We see that we have different local supporters here, Sarah Sweets, Dunkin' Donuts, The Grind, Sweet and Savory, Dash and Joey. So as a community, we can really work together this month to not only educate ourselves, but also support your work through various other ways through calendar tips, which I think are really great. So I think we'll share that out as well, but we really do appreciate you guys being here today. Is there anything else in terms of how the community can come alongside of you and support you that you'd like to leave us with today? I think just touching on the last question a little bit more as far as our work and how things have changed. We also know that we're in a housing crisis hmm. and the cost of living is just unbelievable these days. 
thinking about the survivors that don't leave because of financial barriers, that's extremely serious that we think about. The cost of rent and actually finding a place to rent now is very, very difficult. So we're seeing the needs increase, and yet over the past four years, our largest federal funding source across the country has decreased by 70%. So financial needs as well for DV services. There's nine of us and we run 24 seven. So I have a great team, but we definitely need them community supporters and we hope to see a lot of them in October. Well, get out there and support the great things that Crossroads Crisis Center is doing. And I just want to thank both of you for the work that you're doing. And thank you uh, on behalf of Activate Allen County for all the good work that you're doing here in our community. And we hope that the community supports you. October is a great time to jump on board, support it. And if you have witnessed domestic violence in your community, in your lives, please do not keep that in. Please reach out to someone and folks are here to help you in your community. So ladies, thanks for joining us today and uh, keep up the great work. As always, we have lots of local and regional events, and October is no different. We obviously always talk about sports. Fall sports are back in swing every night. You can always support your local community, the soccer field, the football field, all sorts of things happening. I know every night where I live, so I'm sure where you as well are, there's lots of youth activities that you can support. It's also haunted season, so we have lots of haunted activities, starting with the Hammer Brothers Haunted Circus. That is from September 16th to October 29th, 8 p.m. to midnight, and that's located at the Furry Tail Farms, which is a non-haunted attraction for those with little ones that don't want to be involved in the haunted area. There's that Furry Tail Farm on that same property, which is always a good time for families. Yeah, that's definitely a great spot to check out. The next one is the Haunted Town Hall in Lafayette. That one runs up till October 29th, and that takes place from 7.30 p.m. to midnight in downtown Lafayette. So great haunted attraction for you to check out. The Lima Lantern Tours, famous Lima Lantern Tours, are running October 7th through October 22nd. We just talked about these are normally always sold out very early, so we recommend getting your tickets soon if you are interested in those Lima Lantern Tours, which are really fun to tour around downtown and get some good history and have some fun. Yeah, you get to see some uh, interesting building locations that normally you don't have access to in the community. And like Kayla said, they sell out very quickly. So if you're interested in that one, make sure you get your tickets ASAP. And then next up is the Woodlawn Cemetery Tours. That actually takes place on October 7th and on October 21st at 5.30 p.m. And then it takes place on October 8th and 22nd at 2 p.m. at Woodlawn Cemetery. So that's a really cool tour. Uh, Woodlawn Cemetery is one of the oldest and most interesting cemeteries in our region. Definitely check that out if you can. Our local Encore Theater has been quite busy lately, and they are doing Dracula in October. So from October 21st through October 30th, head over there on Friday and Saturdays at 8 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. for a show. Always great to support our local theater and our local artists. So they're doing great work over at the Encore Theater. So if you have not seen or been inside the theater, we would recommend you checking that out. What a great way to get in the holiday spirit by seeing a performance there. Our last haunted happenings, if you will, is a program that's being held at the Allen County Museum. It's called Where Bluffton Ghosts Sleep. 
And that's a presentation by Fred Steiner. This is going to be held on October 30th on Halloween Eve. You can join them to hear about the unexplained stories collected throughout Fred Steiner's career, including mystery beasts, UFO sightings, ghost sightings, graveyard instances, unexplained disappearances of people, haunted Bluffton locations, a woman that was buried alive, revolutionary war veterans cursed, and the mystery of a man who killed his wife by burying her in a well. Fred's got a bunch of cool and mysterious stories to entertain you with. So that'll be held at the Lima Public Library on October 30th at 2 p.m. So check that out if you want to hear some of the spooky tales of yeah, Bluffton. That sounds that sounds intriguing. <laughs> we are also always talking about our great parks, Johnny Appleseed Park being one of them. They have their Walking Through Autumn series. That started in September and will run through October 29th. That takes place at various park locations in the Johnny Appleseed Park District. So check out their website to get more information on the walking through autumn. And 19 Hawthorne is hosting an event called Harvest Hits. It's a dueling pianos event on October 15th. That takes place from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. out at 19 Hawthorne Wedding and Event Venue on Federer Road. So check that out. If you like dueling pianos, those are always fun events to attend. The Board and Brush in Bluffton, always a great little art location there. They're having a Hocus Pocus trivia and pick your project evening on October 13th. Those nights normally sell out pretty quickly from what I know mm-hmm. about that painting experience. But So please check that out quickly if you are interested. But those Hocus Pocus fans, I know there's lots of them around here. That would be from 6.30 to 9.30. So you can do some painting and get your trivia going on, on October 13th there. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. The Lima Symphony Orchestra is back. They have their folklore and fusion program on October 22nd, starting at 7.30 at the Veterans Memorial Civic and Convention Center in downtown Lima. We also have Real American Sunrise. That is the Chamber of Commerce business breakfast. That's October 28th, starting at 7.30 a.m. at the Civic Center. And then the next day on October 29th at 9 a.m. is the CASA Superhero 5K Run and Walk. This is a fundraiser for the CASA program, so a great event. Uh, that takes place at Furrow Park on October 29th. There's also another 5K happening at Mercy on October 15th. That will be a breast cancer awareness walk slash run. So that will be taking place again at Mercy October 15th. And you can sign up at Mercy's website, breast cancer awareness, lots of vendors and a good time there wearing your pink and walk and run. Yeah. And then lastly, another 5K is the Lima Kiwanis Halloween Trick or Trot 5K and One Mile Fun Run. That includes a virtual pet contest that's being held October 30th at 4 p.m. at Fur Oak Park and Woodlawn Cemetery. So a great event that will get your pets involved as well. Great. So as you always know, we have lots of events happening. We have a lot of haunted seasons. We have a lot of fall activities for families to check out. We also have a lot of 5Ks and things that are still happening as the season gets a little bit cooler. So please, again, check out the community calendar. And also, as we mentioned earlier, check out the Crisis Center as well, Crossroads Crisis Center, and check out their 31 Ways in 31 Days calendar at crossroadscrisiscenter.com. 
and uh, learn how you can educate yourself on domestic violence awareness and also take part in their activities during the month of October as well. And also, as we want to remind you, if you have been struggling, if you need some help, if you have mental health, behavioral health, any crisis that you're going through, there is local help here. So we do have our crisis line, 1-800-567-HOPE, 1-800-567-4673, or you can text 741-741. Yeah, so we just hope that you have a great October. Get outside, enjoy some of those great activities, and support your local community. But until then, we'll see you back in November for our penultimate episode of 2022. But until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you then. See ya.